0: Welcome to another episode of the Open Doors live podcast with your hosts Mike Gore, James Casina, and Jocelyn Gotto. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. Here's today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. My name is Jocelyn Goto, and I am here in the studio with Mike Gore. It's
1: great to be here, Joss.
0: You guys might have noticed that we have started kind of a new rhythm with this podcast, where we do a deep dive into a message and biblical teaching, tell you a story from the persecuted church, and then also we keep having a chat together discussing what we're learning and the different things that God is teaching us as we walk with the persecuted church as our mentors. So we hope it's something that's been encouraging you and that you're liking this new rhythm. We We always planned for this uh, podcast to be an all-in-one devotional so we hope it's something that continues to encourage you and inspire your faith as you walk with Jesus.
1: That's right Joss and as always if you're liking this please jump online, rate, review, share it, tell your friends about it because our hope is that we can sort of spread this as far as wide as possible and encourage each other on our walk with Jesus. But let's get to today's episode because today we're talking about two ways to overcome fear. I know at the moment even if you're not necessarily a fearful person it can still be pretty hard for people not to feel a little bit anxious or on edge in what feels like an ever changing society. If we just look around at friends, family, neighbours, whatever it might be there's constantly moments and opportunities to let our lives be ruled and bound up by fear. Whether it's fear of uncertainty or the fear of sharing Jesus with someone, not being accepted because of that, fear of disappointing people, not living up to our own expectations, and not only for ourselves, but in our faith. I mean, they're just a few, maybe more common examples of fear people might be experiencing today. And so I want us to look at what we can learn from the scriptures and from the persecuted church in overcoming that. We're going to start reading a passage of scripture today from John chapter 20 and verses 19 through 27. It takes place right after Jesus had been crucified. It would have been an incredibly hopeless and fearful time for the disciples. Verse 19, it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Joss, isn't it interesting how in verse 19 it says the doors of the house were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders? Today, you could almost say the doors of our houses have been locked for fear of COVID-19.
0: That's right, Mike, we are so locked behind our doors. And even if you think about church and Easter weekend, we spent that all behind closed doors, locked doors. And it's almost as though fear is stalking the globe as we battle this coronavirus. And Easter is just one kind of small example of that. But the fear that the disciples were experiencing at the start of this verse is the power of the Jewish leaders who are coming after them. Our fear is a pandemic that's sweeping the globe. But both the disciples and us are found sitting behind locked doors. I guess the question might be, how do we conquer fear from behind a locked door?
1: Well, the first way we can overcome fear is through the presence of Christ. In the passage of scripture, twice the disciples quake behind the locked doors, and twice we're told that Jesus came and stood amongst them. How encouraging is that? No locked door can keep Christ out. His presence can come anywhere we are. His resurrected body can come in and pass through walls, doors and prison bars. It's a great truth to grab hold of in this time. Nothing, and no one for that matter, can lock out the presence of Christ. A really good friend of mine, Joss, you know him well, Ron Boyd-McMillan, who actually inspired today's episode, said that in his 30-plus years of visiting persecuted Christians, he would say if there was a secret to their resilience, it would be that experiencing the presence of Christ with a fierce intensity in the direst of situations is what's caught them through. I remember a story Ron oh, told me about interviewing a former Muslim extremist in Egypt. He'd been a member of the Islamic Brotherhood, but converted to Christianity in his early 20s and led a church for Muslim converts. This was highly illegal in Egypt, and this Christian man found himself in prison. He was tortured, electrocuted, he was whipped and hung from the ceiling, and his hands tied behind his back. But all this paled into insignificance compared to what other prisoners called the experience. He was pushed into a stone box, a cube about five foot square. No light, no toilet, the door locked like a tomb, and he was left there for a month. Food was passed through a grate every few days. Most prisoners went mad as a result of the experience, but not him.
0: Wow, that is a bit of a reality check, isn't it? And we think our isolation and staying at home is bad and difficult.
1: Right. But this brother found Christ in his isolation, in that small stone box. And the words he used to describe his experience are probably some of the most amazing, I guess, words or descriptions of the role that persecution and suffering play in pushing us further into God. Because he said, In great suffering, you discover a different Jesus than you would in normal life. Normally, we're able to hide from ourselves ourselves, who we really are and what we're really like, the ego, it's well defended, but pain changes all of that. Pain and suffering bring up to the surface all the weak points of your personality. You're too weak to mount the usual defences and you just have to gaze at what you really like. He said, I was a wreck in that cell. I was reduced to tears all the time, crying, weeping, sobbing, wailing in the never changing and utter darkness. He said, I came face to face with how awful I really was. I saw all the horrible things I'd done, all the horrible things I was. I kept seeing myself again and again in the crowd shouting, crucify him. But just as I was about to collapse into complete despair and self-loathing and probably die, an incredible realization burst into that stone cell, almost like an exploding star. He said it was this... Jesus was holding me even right then, as I sat in my own filth, weak, helpless and broken, empty and sinful. Even in that state, even in this tiny stone box, Jesus was there with me. He said he loved me, he filled me, and the feeling was so great because he was so empty. He kept repeating to Ron during the interview, I couldn't get over the fact that Jesus was actually in the stone box. He was there with me. It's coming to the end of Ramadan at the moment, and Christians who come from a Muslim background often face extreme isolation as a result of their conversion. Many have to keep their faith secret, especially if they live at home with their parents, and especially during Ramadan. But in their room behind a locked door, they can still meet Christ. Just as we can in isolation within our homes, we can still experience the presence of God. And this man said to Ron, nothing, no door is locked to the presence of Christ. And it makes me wonder, Joss, Are we meeting Jesus behind our locked doors? He's not locked out. It's only us that He's locked in. Because in our moments of suffering or trials, He will make an appearance and that, that will change our lives.
0: I think that is such an incredibly powerful realization. And just coming back to what you were talking about earlier, Mike, with that believer talking about how um, isolation kind of forces you to look at yourself and forces you to realize how weak you are. Um, while our situations are nowhere near as dire and nowhere near as extreme, uh, I think it's kind of been one of the tensions that we've been wrestling with at the moment is realizing that we kind of not as strong as we thought we were. We have all these rhythms and routines in place in our lives to basically set ourselves up for a win every day. And those things in and of themselves are not bad. But coronavirus and, and, you know, different restrictions that we've had to face over the last couple of months have thrown all those types of things out the window. And we realise we're nowhere near as disciplined as we thought we were, nowhere near as kind of mentally strong as we thought we were. Um, And we have these realisations of, oh, like, Maybe this is just me, but I've built myself up to be operating kind of at my optimal performance mode. But when different things get taken away, it's very fast that I realize. I have no strength to stand on on my own. And so Jesus turning up in that passage is so powerful where he, he turns up twice and he comes and he stands amongst them. And it's such a powerful and encouraging reminder that even in our weakness at the moment, though it looks different to this believer, that Jesus is still turning up for us. And that kind of brings us to our second way that we can overcome fear, which is knowing that God has given us purpose and the means to fulfill it. I never quite realized before, Mike, that after Jesus's death and resurrection, He is no longer the one who is sent to the world, but he becomes the one who sends. So he was sent and now he sends. In the passage of scripture that you read in John, we see how Jesus breathed the spirit into the disciples and commissioned them. So they were given the Holy Spirit and it's kind of like the mission is now on with the same power as God brought life to the earth in Genesis with the new life in the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel. They are told to go tell the world about the good news of Jesus, but they're doing it in His power alone. And I find this so encouraging, Mike, as we feel like we're facing these seemingly impossible and extreme circumstances right now, uh, and we don't know how we're going to get through it on our own strength. So whether your business is struggling or you've lost your job, maybe you're really wrestling with having to homeschool your kids, Uh, it's encouraging to know that we're not left alone in this life on our own strength. We have been given the Holy Spirit. Jesus is still turning up for us. But it's equally as encouraging and somewhat convicting to realize that we still have a job to do in this moment. Even in the middle of a global pandemic, in the middle of uh, the economy crashing of homeschooling kids, we are still charged with the Great Commission. And we can be sure that as we share Christ, we have his power to help us. There's a story of a man called Viktor Frankl who was a survivor from a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. He went on to become a famous psychologist and argued that the survival in the camps was significantly due to whether or not someone could hold on to a sense of purpose or of meaning. And even more so, if he could find purpose by living for others. Viktor Frankl argued that in the camps if you lived for your own survival you would surely die but he could remember the men who walked through their hurts comforting others and sharing their last pieces of bread. They didn't have to know exactly what their purpose was. They survived just by preserving a sense of purpose, even if that was just keeping others alive by sharing their rations.
1: I think that message is ultimately one of hope, Jos. Even in the most difficult and painful circumstances, life can be given a meaning, and so, too can suffering. I've spent a bit of time over the years visiting refugee camps. You and I have visited camps in Lebanon for Syrian refugees. I've also gone back over a few years to the camps in Iraq. And I know that one of the most important things for people in those places, after you've responded to their immediate needs, is to nurture and preserve a sense of meaning for people. A pastor in prison once said, I knew Christ was with me in the cell, but it gave me an even greater lift to know that he was still asking me to serve him as well. I was useful... I was making a difference. I was alive.
0: I think even in 2020, Mike, and actually especially in 2020, Christ has given us a commission and we can take joy from that purpose. It's actually amazing to see how much more ministry is going on as a result of the lockdown in many countries. There are pastors all over the world that are recording that they have larger audiences than usual because their services are all online. One church in Scotland was used to having 600 people come along to church every Sunday over their three services. But this Easter, their online audience was over 8,000 people. Christ has given us a commission and the work goes on in ways that we cannot conceive or hope. But nothing locks the gospel down, not even fear. In fact, I think the persecuted church would tell us that there's something about being locked down, about being isolated, that makes the gospel spread even more.
1: So to wrap up today's episode, if we have to stay behind locked doors, whether of our own homes, our churches, our businesses, remember that nothing, nothing can stop Christ from coming into our lives, overcoming fear and sending his Holy Spirit to ensure the good news of who he is will soar past walls, doors, chains and borders into houses, prisons, caves, hospices and hospitals. He is with us. Locked doors do not mean a thing nothing and nowhere is close to jesus because you cannot quarantine the love of jesus in fact i think as we sort of look at this episode Josh, one of the things i would say is that we keep talking about living in isolation but it's only going to be for a season i reckon one of the bigger challenges we face is when isolation is lifted will we remain as committed and as close to jesus as we are now because you mentioned before One of your wrestles is that being in isolation has forced you to realize, hey, I don't know if I can do this. But I think on the other side of that, when I look around society and culture, what I see is actually on the backside of a crisis or isolation, often stoic resolve is born and and we realize that, hey, we can actually do this. It's why so many people, whenever we talk, say to me, Mike, if I was persecuted, I'm not sure that I would be able to survive. You tell me all these incredible stories of courageous faith, but I'm not sure I could do it. Well, you know what's funny is that this COVID-19 pandemic, it's a kind of little window. My hope is an encouragement and insight into it for people. Mm. Because you know what? We have survived. And more than that, our faith has survived. And so when pressure has come, it's not as if everything's crumbled. For the first little while, and like the guy in the experience, the stone cell, first and foremost sort of said, man, God, where are you? How am I going to do this? Yeah. And then came this incredible insight that no god you're with me but we've gone on the same journey in our metaphorical cells mm-hmm. right or stone boxes we start by saying god where are you and over the weeks we've been able to say wow he's actually here and more than that i'm finding time to be with my families i'm finding more time to be with my kids or my spouse or my housemates or my partners and it's actually allowed us to see that hey faith can stay intact We've got this. And so I think that's my encouragement to listeners today as we finish, that there's two parts to this. There's a reality that we need to invest in and grow and develop our faith in those moments of isolation. But the second part, and probably the more important part, is that when isolation is lifted... We need not forget the beauty of the experience that we've had in isolation, because it will be all too easy for me, for you, and for our listeners to go back to the comforts of this world, almost forget the beauty of the experience, and get on with the busyness of life. One of the great things I was taught from the Persecuted Church was someone once said, you need to build yourself a cell where it strips away all the distractions of the world and allows you to focus on Jesus. We've had the great privilege of that being forced upon us. The big fear is that when it's taken away and we come out of that cell, we actually forget about Jesus. And so let me pray for us as we close today. Lord, thank you that you can breach any locked door. You can stand in a prison yard, an upper room, a dungeon, an intensive care ward. And for those of us today listening in fear behind those metaphorical locked doors, we ask the sight to see you among us, that you would breach any of the locked doors, our hearts, our locked minds, and you would be with us and say, peace be upon you. So we thank you that you've given us a Holy Spirit, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. Help us to share you with the people around us, living under our own roofs, even in isolation. And we pray this in the wonderful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So thanks so much for being with us this uh, episode of Open Doors Live. I hope it was an encouragement to you as together we figure out how we can all follow Jesus all over the world, no matter the cost.